This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Everyone's a critic on BFM 89.9. Hello, you're listening to Everyone's a Critic. I'm Sharmila Ganesan and we're doing a review this week. And joining me for that, we have Hanif Baharuddin, who among other things hosts I Love KL. Thank you for joining me on Everyone's a Critic for the very first time, Hanif. Yes, thank you so much for having me here, uh, Sharmila. So Hanif and I are going to be reviewing an art exhibition. It's Chang Yung Chia's A Leaf Through History. It's an art exhibition inspired by the art of Bate. It's on at the Cult Gallery until the 6th of September. Okay, I think I'll start off with a little bit of a frame for what it is. It essentially uses Batik to comment on and to reflect on our history with cash crop plantations, right? So that's largely the frame within which most of these works are situated. There are other stories that come through as well, but but really the theme and the through line here is how we profit off of these plantations and what we've had to use or give up or exploit in the process. I think it's a little bit um, a little bit of an insight into the themes that come up. Hanif, I wanted to start off with just your general takeaways or your impressions of the exhibition. Um, overall, I think I I, I enjoy I thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I think the thing about um, this kind of work is that I think um, when when you mention batik, I think we tend to somehow uh, immediately assume that it's going to be the typical. Um, Batik patterns that we always see, um, you know, traditionally, right? Uh, but I think when you inform me that it's going to be something that's a bit more different, I I was pretty intrigued. And when I went there, um, I think it delivered on on so many ends. Uh, I like the narrative. I like 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 you mentioned earlier, how he's trying to tell a story. And the thing about the story that he's trying to tell is also is quite personal to him as well. Not not in the sense that he or his ancestors went through through the the I guess this 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 um journey. But I think it's more personal in the sense that he actually. Uh, decided to leave um, the city and I think um, decided to move and relocate himself to Tanka and that's where he, I, I guess, came across all these um, narratives, right? And I think um, that's, that's for me, makes it a bit more, I mean, once I found out about that, I, I, I think that, that that makes the experience much more enjoyable. The um, art pieces themselves are also very, very beautiful, well-drawn and also um, quite powerful in its, in its messaging to a certain extent. So we've used the word narrative and stories quite a bit. And I think that's actually a big part of what Yungcha is trying to do with this. Um, he's trying to move away or reimagine um, the idea of batik being only aesthetic or only decorative and, and simply just using motifs of flora and fauna and instead using the art form to actually tell stories and to, in this case actually to reflect on socio-political events and messaging and and I thought that for me was really interesting which is not to say that Batek in the past hasn't had its own sort of political undertones right Correct. but I think that using it in a modern context bringing it into the idea of contemporary art is really quite interesting. Um, I completely agree with you that I really loved how even I think um, the early works, which are not so much about cash crops, but more about the Japanese occupation and uh, the invasion of Kotabaru, uh, because he was in Kelantan to learn batik. So some of his works actually reflect on those. And I quite enjoyed that as well. There's a lot of, um, I feel like there's a lot of respect and a lot of homage to the origins of these stories and the origin of this art, which I which I appreciated. Um, I, I must say that for me, a big thing that I came away with was that 
how do I put it? Um, that idea of batik being beautiful, the idea of batik being pleasing to look at, you know, um, nice colors and sort of the flowing designs. For me, the thing that struck out the most about this exhibition is how he uses exactly that but then creates discomfort. Um, you know, the the bright colors are bright until you look at them for a while and then suddenly they look a bit sickly. There are particular paintings which are about plantations and plantation workers where uh, from a distance they look like nice fun colors and then you go closer and then you're like, oh, is that supposed to be blood? Is that supposed to be an emaciated body? Um, and I thought all of that was very clever. And, and similarly with the lines that he uses as well, um, there are these details that pop out in many of the works where you see sometimes workers almost literally turning into the trees, right? Um, and the way in which the the art form of bate is used to realize that for me was, um, it was impressive, but I must say it was also really difficult. Like many of the works, as in I like them as works of art, but it was difficult to sit with them because they, they the more you look at them, the more uncomfortable and and sort of like disturbed I started to feel. Yeah. Um going back to the point you made about colour, yeah. I mean to a certain extent based on the themes, he could have easily gone for a darker darker colour, right? You know, making it a bit more dark and whatnot. But I think the fact that he chose bright colours to somehow, I guess, uh, stay true to to how batiks um, should be. I think that that's pretty interesting. And yeah, you're right to a certain extent. I mean, um, I was pretty drawn in, uh, you know, looking at all the the art pieces. But yeah, I can imagine it being quite uh, disorient uh, disorienting. I think the longer you stay there and the longer you, I guess, observe it. Uh, and I think that that's that's what he's trying to get at, right? I think these stories are real stories, and I think he wants to to a certain extent, I guess, convey these um, messages, despite the beautiful art pieces. And and yeah, they, they are pretty beautiful, and I'm quite impressed at the fact that he only started doing this I think as of like two, two, three years ago right yeah which is yes. quite pretty impressive yeah yeah no Yung Chia um, at least from having followed his work over the years uh, seems to you know take up a notion to try something new and then throw himself into it and you can really see that in these works I wanted to ask you if there were particular pieces or particular works that stood out to you but um, in you know and, and left an impression on you um, there's one okay I might get this wrong but it's club I don't know which one comes from it's kelapa kepala or kepala kelapa but I like this one because um, it's a big piece and yeah and, and this this what strikes me the most about this is the fact that he felt the need to also still stay true to how batiks are supposed to be having that kepala right Have, having that straight line uh, in the yeah, middle yeah. yeah in between to separate the, the, the pieces I mean technically I mean in other other um, pieces you don't see that but, but for this particular one because it's meant to be longer um, it's uh, the fact that he had that there is kind of interesting because I, I I remember asking asking the I think the curator there about you know the fact that it was there and he, yeah, she explained it to me but I was like oh okay cool um, it's not just I mean just using um, batik as a form of like blank canvas to just draw but he also made um, um, felt the need to let's stay true to how uh, you know sarongs and batiks are supposed to be and that's what I, I think strikes me the most obviously the 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 kepala kelapa play on 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 i mean the name of the 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 piece is meant to be a play on on both um the the kelapa pokok kelapa and also the kepala you know because that's how that's what you can see there right and i think that's that's uh pretty um uh i guess uh it's pretty visceral to an extent uh, another 
piece that I thoroughly enjoy is the actually is the olfactory memory because of the narrative behind it. And that's mm. one other work that you have to, I guess, um, look at closer to be able to see all the nuances and the differences. And once you read the, I guess, description of the of the piece, it strikes you a lot more. Uh, I, I, and that, that's what I like, yeah. Olfactory memory actually is a really tough one, right? And it makes a case for, you know, some people argue, oh, I shouldn't have to read the description to understand what <laughs> the work is. Um, but what's what's special about olfactory memory is that the work itself is actually quite striking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, you don't necessarily have to understand the story. But once you do, because it's about the, the smell that uh, people who work in rubber plantations end up carrying with them and how that ends up making them feel rejected. Knowing all of that adds so much to that painting and it's quite a huge painting as well. I, I agree. I, I like that one a lot. Um, I do want to pick up on some of the ones that I enjoyed, but I think I'll wait for the second half of the show. I just wanted to say, since you brought up Kapala Klapper, I want to bring up one with a with a really nice uh, wordplay in the title that I enjoyed, which was Oops Lalang, um, <laughs> which isn't, is it sort of the most imposing work in the whole exhibition? But I thought visually it was so strong. It also, I think the way it was depicted, um, I mean, obviously it's a play on Ops Lalang and it's almost literally a field of Lalang on fire. And the colours, the way the way the, the fire is depicted through the Bate art form, for me that was a very, I think it's a great example of how something that looks pretty from one glance um, can then end up looking actually quite terrifying and disturbing. And Ops Lalang, Oops Lalang was actually a great example of that. We are talking about Chang Yung Chia's A Leaf Through History, which is an art exhibition currently on at the Cult Gallery until the 6th of September. Uh, let us know, are you planning to check it out? Are you a fan of Bate? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Become fabulous millionaires. BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyone's a Critic with Sharmila. And today I'm joined by Hanif Baharudin. And together we are reviewing Chang Yung Chia's A Leaf Through History. It's an art exhibition that's happening at Cult Gallery until the 6th of September. And it basically uses art, it uses Batik to comment on various aspects of Malaysian sociopolitical history, cash crops, uh, the Japanese occupation, um, some other points, difficult points in history as well. And yeah, so we've been talking about the works that we enjoyed. Hanif, you mentioned a couple. Um, any others you wanted to highlight? Um, there's the the Gambir and the Tiger, which I think is also quite visceral Ooh, yeah. in, in how it, how it looks. Um, there's also Orang Asli and Orang Asing, which is, um, I think it's a sep- there are two pieces. And I think it's meant to be a continuation, uh, one after the other, and that's that's also pretty uh, beautiful as well. Um, and again, I mean, if you look at it closely, it's meant to be you know one of those uh, multi-layered uh, photo. Uh, I mean, I guess picture that you have to I guess look from look closer and then look look you have to step back and look look at it uh, further as well, right? And yeah, there's a there's a smiley face, and I remember talk, uh, talking to the the I think the person in charge there about um, how the smile is still a smile, but the, it becomes less less thick, you know, to, to a certain extent. You know, it doesn't it's not a frown, it doesn't turn like the smile and then turn into a frown. It's still a smile, but it's a disappearing smile, you know, as the name of the of the art piece uh, suggests. And there are also I think I don't know I mean 
just to diverge a bit from from the batik pieces, there are also smaller pieces, um, just a simple drawing uh, of things that he drawn uh, on on paper, which I find quite interesting as well because these are the more personal stuff, you know, about how it reminded him of of um, um, the time last time when I think his grandmother used to make kueh or kueh bacang or something like that, right? So so there are also those pieces that um, I did pay attention to as well oh, but obviously the the batik pieces are the the i guess the standout uh, pieces in in the gallery lah oh the i love the the graphite drawings i thought they were beautiful and i think they offer a nice sort of uh breather from mm. the more imposing large works which you know because of how uh, layered they are and how disturbing they can be I think the and then the the smaller ones also reflect on uh, plants right so yeah. the most of them are named after different kinds of plants in Malaysia and then they're kind of um, reimagined to look certain ways in some ways very personal like you said I really did enjoy those a lot I will say I think my favorite piece um in the whole exhibition. And I say favorite with a little bit of reservation because again, it's one of those things where I think I love the work, but I also found it too much. Like I found it difficult to take. And and that's not to say it's not a good work. I just think that the work has achieved what it set out to do, um, which is uh, Seeds of Change. Basically, it's uh, it's this really beautiful painting, uh, batik painting of a group of people all sitting on a leaf, but shaped to look like a boat. And every single person crowded into that boat, their heads are made out of rubber seeds. And there's so much going on there. Um, you know, it's it, it at first glance it looks kind of whimsical, very uh, you know, the colors pop, they they the 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 lines are beautiful. And then the more you look at it, the more I started feeling just a lot of discomfort. I thought it was a great piece. I thought it really reflects the point that he's trying to make about cash crop plantations and exploitation. Um, I also found it interesting that actually um, when you look at some of the works, because there's some others that are called family tree, for instance, which are the ones where people literally merge and become rubber trees. I found it interesting that it's not entirely clear sometimes whether the commentary is on our past, meaning when indentured labourers were brought over by the British, or whether it's about the present, where we still continue to have migrant workers overworked in plantations. And I found that quite interesting because the commentary could very well apply for present times as well as the past. Correct. Yeah, I think it's definitely de- deliberate. I mean, I mean, I don't, I don't personally know him, but I, I can have, a, I have a feeling that it's, it's, it's definitely deliberate in that sense to some extent because I think his commentary on plantation is something that, at, and to some extent, I think he's trying. What he's trying to achieve is to. I guess bring these narratives back to the fore, right? Because I think sometimes you know we're, we're we have forgotten about our plantations and the narratives behind um, behind them. And and what he's trying to do is not only tell us about the past, but also tell us about I guess maybe what what we need to reflect on. Considering that I think these things are still quote, quote unquote relevant, right? Do you think that this exhibition overall is one that? Well, okay, actually, it's a two-part question. Um, and I think I know the answer to the first one. I was going to ask whether you would recommend it to people. But secondly, <laughs> do you think that it actually succeeds and is is accessible in bringing out that messaging that it intends to do? Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the first one is definitely yes. And the second one is um, yes, for me, for me too, because I feel like uh, there are things that I... Like I said, I, I, we, we take for granted, right, these days. I mean, when I went there, um, I sort of like know what to expect. but And I sort of like know that it was supposed to be, um, I guess, referencing to um, our cash crop pass. But um, 
when I went there, I learned a lot more. And, and you know, the, not to mention the banana money, right? That, that's also another thing that I, I totally wasn't aware of that I had to do uh, research afterwards to just ah, understand. Yes. Actually, yeah. one of the works that I really liked refers to, um, I think it's called The Elephant Dream. Uh, yes. And it, yeah. it, it, it uses that concept of the banana money during the Japanese era and and the impact of it on locals, which I thought was very very powerful. Correct, yeah, and 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 these are the things that I think we like. I mean, I grew up with the I mean, my parents' narrative of having to eat tapioca during the war, right? My grand, well, not my parents, not my grandma. Uh, yeah, my, grand, my grandma's narrative of that. But sometimes you sort of like take it for granted because it's it has been I mean drum up to you since you were a kid. But yeah, when I went there and look at it again, I'm like, oh, okay, so technically, and the way he drew it to make it super like realistic and visceral and also very like alarming to sense and kind of it, 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 it is pretty disturbing makes me like think about and reflect on these so-called narratives that I think some people have some sometimes downplayed just because our forefathers sometimes like to tell them every other every other day right last time when when, I, when we were growing up so so I think these are these are the kind of um um, thoughts that, that went through my mind when I went there and I feel like this is something that I think people should check out as well just to be reminded of a different part of our past that we don't really necessarily necessarily talk about all the time yeah yeah I think I think themes like these can be difficult um, as you said even the exploitation of workers or um, the Japanese invasion and the colonized past we hear about them a fair amount. So sometimes it becomes a little bit like, oh, how much more do I need to engage with these stories? Um, and I think that the one thing this exhibition does is create an entry point into those narratives that is a little bit different. It doesn't... Um, I can't say it isn't obvious because in many ways it is. It is quite obvious with the story it's trying to do. But I think because of how clever it is, how cleverly it subverts the notion of bate, how... Um, I mean, to be fair, the art is great to look at. And I think I'm, I'm a big fan of art that immediately catches people's eyes because if you're not used to this notion of contemporary art and you think that it's atas and, uh, you know, you need to be familiar with the landscape before you can enjoy it, this is an e example of an exhibition that doesn't do that, right? Like you can walk in and all the works are interesting immediately. Um, you know, they draw the eye immediately and then they kind of take you on this journey of the stories that it's trying to tell, the um, idea of the human cost of our plantations, for instance. And I thought that that I appreciated a lot. I wanted to close off just on this side of things by also giving props to the way the works are displayed because um, Cult Gallery is a space that used to be a house and in Bukitunggu and now it's been repurposed into a gallery. And I just thought that the way the works were shown in this gallery really added to the experience of... Um, it's almost like uh, it eases you into it. You start off with some and then you kind of have to make a journey through the house and then you get to the big works and the, you know, the big hitters as it were. I really enjoyed the hanging of the works. Yeah, correct. I mean, I, was, I, I mean, upon finding out that it's in, uh, it's, it's a repurposed house, uh, I thought that, oh, the gallery is probably going to be downstairs or something. But the minute you open the door, it's already there. Everything's already, I mean, technically the gallery has already started there. Yeah. Makes it pretty interesting. And yeah, you're right. To, to an extent, the way it was, it was curated, the way it was, I guess, designed, it brought you through the, I guess, narratives and the journey that, that perhaps you know um the artist would like to tell us right so so I, yeah overall just 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 a very cool gallery i mean love it yeah hanif thanks for reviewing this with me no problem thank you so much for having me 
We've been talking about A Leaf Through History by Chang Yung Chia. It's an art exhibition that's on until the 6th of September at cult gallery. Uh, pretty good time to check it out given that it's Merdeka, Malaysia Day and so on. For more information, you can check out Cult Gallery on social media and let us know if you check out the exhibition. Uh, are you a fan of art that uses pate? You can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 us at Meetup Radio. been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.